0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast.
1: I'm Scott. And I'm Jesse. How's it going? It's going fairly well. Excellent. Well, it's,
0: it's about time we go, went ahead and finished this up.
1: Yeah, we're going to finish. This has been
0: out there waiting for weeks for us to finish this up. And the poor guy... years. He took 20 years just to get back. And, and uh, then he had... The final, pause.
1: final four chapters, final four books. Yeah.
0: yeah. And again, you know, the versions that we're reading are a little bit different.
1: Well, I've got uh, the audiobook version, but I've also got the paper book version. So uh-huh. I'm sort of mixing them both because they both have really nice translations. And that's that's what I do too, but...
0: Um, the, uh, the audiobook that I'm listening to matches um, the text that I've got. Right. So.
1: We're doing books 21, 22, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. And that for me starts with uh, book 21, The Great Bow.
0: Yep, and mine is titled. Book 21 is titled Odysseus Strings His Bow. Mm-hmm.
1: Book 22 for me is called The Battle in the Hall.
0: Okay, and I've got a Kindle here. That's why it takes me just a minute to, to get there. My book 22 is called Slaughter in the Hall. And yours is called what again? Battle in the Hall.
1: Battle much, in the much Hall. Much more uh, <laughs> reasonable sounding. It's not much of a battle. It's much more of a slaughter, I think. Yep. Uh, book 23 is for me is called Odysseus and Penelope. Okay. The Great Rooted Bed. The great rooted bed, right? Uh, yeah. I would, I guess, I guess that is the subject. Just kind of strange. And then uh, my last chapter is called "The Feud Is Ended,"
0: and mine is called "Peace." Peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're You,
1: you think they might be the same book based on those titles, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, the the great bow. I, I had to remind herself. It's been so long since we. Uh, we did our last chapter. I had to remind myself where we were, but it came back very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, as it did for me. Yeah, And there was a number of things, you know, this is maybe my third time going through it recently. And there's a number of things that struck me in, in the first book uh, mm-hmm. as being just, Oh, that's weird. I wonder what that means sort of thing.
2: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
1: So, in this chapter, actually, we get a, a prelude to what is going to happen in the next. And one of the one of the things that happens is um, Odysseus takes takes up the bow after the suitors fail to find a way to bend it. <laughs> right, right. They, they heat it by the fire to make it more flexible. They um, they call upon you know strength to try. And <laughs> Make it bend, yeah, but they can't yeah. do it. And and then Odysseus gives a speech as as a beggar, saying, oh, well, you should give it to me because um, it'll be funny."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll be yeah, funny yeah, speech. pretty much. You see me do it. I'm yeah. an old dude. I, I can't <laughs> possibly bend this thing. But yeah, yeah. the the suitors are fairly canny, and and they say, "No way. It would be very embarrassing for us if some old man." Was able to bend uh-huh. the bow when that has been one of the challenges. Uh, yeah, to yeah. Penelope's hand. Yeah, and even Penelope's like, "Yeah, give him the bow." Yeah, um, she doesn't say. She doesn't say, um, "Give him the bow because I want to uh, marry this dude." She's uh-huh. just, give him the bow, and if he can do it, I'll dress him up in nice clothes and give him a sword and send him on his way.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Which. Doesn't really happen, right? She thinks.
0: Yeah, and 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 this is something you know. After reading twenty one through twenty four, I know in past podcasts I've talked about how I thought, you know, it's an interesting way to read it, thinking that Penelope knew who the beggar was the whole time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm convinced that. You can't read it that way, in my opinion. Yeah, I think who, I what's think going on. She, she did not know what was going on. Telemachus is the only one who knows what's going on at this point. Right. So, you know, you thought, well, Penelope was all, you know, extremely sharp and things and doing things to help Odysseus without letting on that she knew who Odysseus was. But um, by the end, I'm convinced that she did not, and it's not written that way.
1: Right. Um, so uh, let me, uh, I've uh, I've been looking at the Wikipedia entry, which is all, always changing, but um, I thought this was nice because they've actually broken it up, the book up into exactly exactly the same sections we've been reading them in. So it starts oh. with um, uh, escape of the Phasians, uh, escape to the Phaecians, then Odysseus accounts his adventures, he returns to Ithaca, and that was the last one. And now the final section is called Slaying of the Suitors. Um, and this is basically a summary of these last four books. So it's, not, it's pretty short. Let me read it. So, okay. The next day at Athena's prompting, Penelope maneuvers the suitors into competing for her hand with an archery competition using Odysseus's bow. The man who can string the bow and shoot it through a dozen axe heads would win. Odysseus takes part in the competition himself. He alone is strong enough to string the bow and shoot it through the dozen axe heads, making him the winner. He then, takes, <laughs> he then turns his arrows on the suitors and with the help of Athena, Telemachus, Eumaeus, and Philot- Philotius, the cowherd, he kills all the suitors. Odysseus and Telemachus hang 12 of their household maids who betrayed Penelope or had sex with the suitors or both. They mutilate and kill the goatherd Melanthius who had mocked and abused Odysseus. Now, at last, Odysseus identifies himself to Penelope. She is hesitant, but accepts him when he mentions that their bed was made of an olive tree rooted to the ground. Many modern and ancient scholars take this to be the original ending of the Odyssey, and the rest to be interpolation, which I think is interesting.
0: And the rest is interpolation as in just the last chapter?
1: Uh, I think think so, yeah. Okay, Uh,
0: that's interesting. Yeah,
1: and I, I, I think... You know, there might be good reason for thinking that, Mm -hmm. that we can discuss. Uh, I'll just finish off the last two little bits here. The next Mm -hmm. day, he and Telemachus visit the country farm of his old father's Laertes, who who likewise accepts his identity only when Odysseus correctly describes the orchard that Laertes had previously given him. The citizens of Ithaca have followed Odysseus on the road, planning to avenge the killing of the suitors, their sons. Their leader points out that Odysseus has now caused the deaths of two de- two generations of the men of Ithaca, his sailors, not one of whom survived and the suitors whom he has now executed. <laughs> the goddess Athena intervenes and persuades both sides to give up the vendetta a deus ex machina. <laughs> <laughs> Ithaca is at peace once more concluding the Odyssey. Cool. So yeah. there's a lot in there's a lot in these last uh, four books but yeah. It, it, there is, I think, a break at some point. But I, I just seeing it laid out like that. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I noticed the things, you know, like yeah, he's getting kind of spiteful against that goatherd. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: but in this chapter, uh, Melanthius is Melanthius is actually prompts him to do that later on. You know, uh, when Odysseus picks up the bow. Melanthius says, he's the goat herd, he says, uh, put that thing down or we'll send you on to black sh- the black ships to be a slave and your fate will be sealed and there's no point for you and we'll cut off your nose and we'll cut off your ears and cut out your tongue and cut off your hands. And it's like,
2: mm-hmm. holy
1: crap, dude. <laughs> Calm down, he's just a beggar.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, yep. he, gets, he, he gets extremely punished for that by having all those things done to him.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And it's like our our hero character seems a lot more like a uh, mutilating evil dude.
0: Well, yeah, no question. Um, You know, after he strings the bow, um, uh, there's a section that says, Horror swept through the suitors, faces blanching white, And Zeus cracked the sky with a bolt, his blazing sign, and the great man who had borne so much rejoiced at last that the son of cunning Cronos flung that omen down for him. He snatched a winged arrow, laying bare on the board, the rest still bristling deep inside the quiver, soon to be tasted by all the feasters there. Love that, tasted. Yeah. And then setting the shaft on the hand grip, drawing the notch, and bowstring back, back, Right from his stool, just as he sat, but aiming straight and true, he let fly and never missing an axe. The first hex handle clean on through to the last and out the shaft with its weighted brazen head shot free. Shot free. Yeah, and then um, then he says, Telemachus, your guest sitting here in your house is not disgraced you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then he goes on to kill everybody.
1: Yeah. He, he shoots <laughs> through the arrow. Next. He shoots his yeah. arrow through the, the he axe head. the axe head.
0: Yeah, and um, on that, is he, you know, I, I read this a couple times. Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, is he actually shooting through metal axe Yeah, heads? no, I, I think I, I, I've seen... All in a row, and somehow he's shooting them through a hole? Yeah, or
1: something? so um, there's no explanation that's in the text, but I've seen other... I've, been, I've tried to answer that question myself by mm-hmm. researching, and if you do some searching for, you know, 12 axe heads, um uh, the odyssey that sort of thing there are people who have come up with theories uh, as to what that would mean presumably at the time this is a common sport that people uh, do you know you shoot through the eye of a needle sort of thing but right?
0: yeah if you shoot through a hole in an axe head or something like that right. that means you're pretty great one, but then 12 right. would be godlike yeah
1: exactly yeah. um and if if uh, one of one of the ways is there's like 12 axe heads and they you know, leaning against each other, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, uh, you know, a, a pathway through, or, yeah, there's a ring, you know, in the end on which you hang it on the wall or something like that. There's some way to show your skill, rather than he's, like, firing through the metal, right? We, we mm-hmm. don't think that's, that's the best interpretation. But, yeah, it, it is interesting because it's not a matter of strength. It's a matter of... Because he's already shown his matter of strength, right? <laughs> by stringing the bow itself. Right. But by uh, being able to shoot accurately, um, then he is showing off his his skill at war. And it, when he is described at this point in the book, he's described as the battle master, right? Mm-hmm. As the master warrior and the... Uh, the this, this skillful leader of men, or he's sometimes described as the captain. Um, but I've got that same section, and this is right near the end of um, uh, chapter twenty-one. Yeah, chapter twenty-one, the great bow for me, and it's mm-hmm. slightly different translation. Let me let me give you the same. Um, okay. uh, I think amid all their banter. The cool-headed Odysseus had poised the great bow and given it final inspection, and now, as easily as a musician who knows his lyre strings, the cord of a new peg, after looping the twisted sheep gut at both ends, he strung the great bow without effort or haste, and with his right hand proved the string, which gave a lovely sound in answer like a swallow's note. The suitors were confounded. The color faded from their cheeks, while to mark the signal moment there came a thunderclap from Zeus, and Odysseus's long-suffering heart leapt up for joy at his this sign of favor from the son of Cronos, of the Crooked Ways. One arrow lay exposed on the table beside him, the rest, which the Achaean lords were soon to feel, being still inside their <laughs> hollow quiver. He picked up the shaft, set it against the bridge of the bow, drew back the grooved end, and the string together, all without rising from his stool, and aiming himself, I'm oh, sorry, aiming straight ahead, he shot. Not a single axe head did he miss, for from the first half right through them all, and out at the last, the arrow sped with its burden of bronze. Odysseus turned to his son, Telemachus, he said, the stranger sitting in your hall has not disgraced you. I scored no miss, nor made hard work of Stringing the bow, my powers are unimpaired, and these gentlemen were mistaken when they scornfully rated them so low. But the time has come now to get their their supper ready while it is light, and after that, to pass on to the further pleasures of music and dancing, without which no banquet is complete. After he finished, Odysseus gave a nod, whereupon his son and heir, Prince Telemachus, slung on the sharp-edged sword and gripping his spear. Took his stand by the chair at his father's side, armed with the resplendent, armed with the resplendent bronze. Uh, in the translation you've got uh, that I've also been listening to, uh, that scene is really. Uh, it says they're clad. They they become clad in armor, right? Um, okay, yeah, I'm looking clad at clad in mm-hmm. bronze, and. This is uh, I guess in the very next page right? They run yeah. a, Odysseus blocks the doorway, right. They've, mm-hmm. they've told all the servants to hide and lock their door. Uh, so don't come out if you hear some men screaming.
2: <laughs>
1: um, and he sends his son to get uh, the swineherd and the, the swineherd and the cowherd
2: mm-hmm.
1: to, and to get armor and weapons for them. And it's like it's un- unbelievably like oh shit for these guys. <laughs> it's like
0: yeah, they have no yeah. weapons.
1: They're trapped in the hall, uh, right. and there's a guy who they've wronged, but they don't know how much they've wronged him quite yet.
0: Yep, and then and then they uh, start shooting. <laughs> I've got a really nice passage here too. That's right. really close to the beginning of uh, book twenty-two. But Odysseus aimed and shot Antinous square in the throat, and the point went stabbing clean through the soft neck and out, and off to the side he pitched. The cup dropped from his grasp as the shaft sank home, so the guy didn't even have time to put anything down. Um, And the man's lifeblood came spurting from his nostrils, thick red jets. A sudden thrust of his foot, he kicked away the table. Food showered across the floor, the bread and meat soaked in a swirl
1: of bloody filth. I've got that same part. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, extre- it's extreme. This is like the most extreme uh, depiction. Usually it's, it's, you know, we cut off his nose, we cut off his arms, we poked out his eye, you know. There, <laughs> it's just, it's not as, this is, the, this is the horror part of the story, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It
1: says, um, yet Odysseus shot his bolt and struck him in the throat. The point passed clean through the soft flesh of his neck. Dropping the cup as he was hit, he lurched over to one side. His lifeblood gushed from his nostrils in a turbid jet. His front, his foot lashed out and kicked the table from him. The food was scattered on the ground, and his bread and meat were smeared with gore. Mm, Ew! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I can't recall if you said that Telemachus and Odysseus um, had planned this. So they, in a, I think it was Chapter 20, made plans to make sure that these guys wouldn't have any weapons either.
1: Yeah, they had previously put them in the vault, I think it's called. Yeah,
0: yeah, they stuck around, grabbed everybody's stuff, and, and then the next um, section here, the suitors burst in uproar all throughout the house when they saw their leader down. They leapt from their seats, milling about, desperate, scanning the stone walls. Give us- Not a shield in sight, no rugged spear to seize. They wheeled on Odysseus, lashing out in fury. Stranger, shooting at men will cost your life. But uh, that's the best they could do—is yell at him.
1: Yeah. Uh, and but they also, yeah, like they—they they think um, they think he's not Odysseus. Still, they yeah, they haven't realized that who he they is. They just think, which, oh, lucky shot, right? He yeah, he got it. L- lucky, bad. yeah,
0: he he uh, strung the bow, and he's got you know lucky shot there, and <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and the, the, the thunderclap shot. from Zeus. Yeah. you know the evidence is overwhelming, but. Yeah, they're not convinced yet.
1: Um, so so uh, yeah. that that part where um, basically he's made th- he's made the first shot. The the suitors are in distress, right? Um, mm. And then uh, Te- Telemachus says, "Is it time now, Dad?" <laughs> he <laughs> says, "Listen, Father, I am going to fetch you a shield now and a couple of spears and a bronze helmet to fit round your temples. I shall equip myself too." when I come back and do the same for the swineherd and the drover, it would improve our chances to have armor on. "'Run,' said the imperturbable Odysseus, "'and bring the arms while I have arrows left for my defense, or they may drive me from the doorway while I stand alone.' Mm. It's, uh, wow. Uh, but that uh, it's really nicely put in, in the way you've got it, but l- let me read the one I've got here. Telemachus took his father's advice and hurried off to the storeroom where they kept their weapons of war. There he picked out four shields, eight spears, and four bronze helmets topped with horsehair, horsehair plumes and carried these, carrying these made all haste to his father's side where he at once proceeded to arm himself. The two servants equipped themselves in the same way and took their stand by Odysseus, their wise, resourceful leader. As long as he had arrows to fight with, Odysseus kept picking off the suitors, one by one, in the hall, till the dead lay in piles. But the time came when the arrows failed the archer, so he propped his bow between one of the doorposts of the great hall and the burnished side of the porch hung hung a great shield of fourfold hide on his shoulder, put on a strong helmet on his sturdy head with a horsehair plume nodding defiantly above and finally picked up two stout bronze-pointed spears. So it's like, uh, it's the culmination of the, you know, the warrior battle thing, right? You start with with the, the flight of arrows and then after the arrows are spent, then you rush in with the spears. Um no, notice there isn't a lot of talk about swords right this is
2: uh-huh. this is the
1: old fashioned where you use spears to stab stab the guy to death, but i it's just shocking to see these you know four guys against uh, uh unnamed number of suitors. I'm thinking there's at least twelve of them, yeah <laughs> there's oh, yeah. a pile of them <laughs> anyways
0: yeah, yeah, was, yeah. And, you know, I I think I've said this in every podcast we've talked about this, but I can't get away from the um, image of this being performed by a bard for a group of people, you know, and uh, how exciting this must have been after, you know, how many days has it been that he's been talking. I mean, this is hours and hours and hours, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so, so he's, you know, yelling Odysseus loosed an arrow, ripping his breast beside the nipple so hard it lodged in the man's liver out of his grasp. The store dropped to the ground over his table, head over heels. He tumbled, doubled up, flinging his food and his two handled cup across the floor. He smashed the ground with his forehead, writhing in pain, both feet flailing out and his high seat tottered. The mist of death came swirling down his eyes. Um, it would be so cool to see this performed.
1: Well, I, I, uh, I think uh, we sort of got that though. With uh,
0: well, we got that from uh, Sir Ian McClellan. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a tremendous, he, it excellent a really reading. Thing, huh? But it would be it would be really cool to uh, see this. What live. you need a
1: cup of wine and
0: uh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, fire with everybody, uh, Yeah,
0: wouldn't that be something? I,
1: yeah, but I'd in the hall sure I want to make sure I had my armor and sword <laughs> close at hand because um, the only person who survives this slaughter. Uh-huh. Did you notice who it was? <laughs> it's the it's the bard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's about to it is. The bard kill the
0: bard, right?
1: And he says, In fact, no, no, I, highlighted,
0: "I highlighted that later because later, after everything's done, um, you know, first of all, it's a, it's amazing that um, you know he calls Penelope down and everything, and they don't seem to be concerned with the mess. <laughs> it's got to be a well, they do. picture you know tiptoeing around, and then." Um, uh, then he says, hey, bard, sing something for us, you know, not too long after this happened. And the bard's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I will. <laughs> no problem.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it's also kind of a good thing that uh, they let him go, otherwise we wouldn't know about this story, right? Yeah, no question. That's true, too. It's, yeah. it's not like this uh, is writing any books, right? That's it's right. That's right. too bad he's sl- slaying everybody on his island. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, if,
0: uh, did they, you know, I, I'm perhaps I missed it, but is it actually said in here somewhere that uh, Odysseus spared the bard for yeah. that reason?
1: Ah, uh, no, it doesn't say that he spared him for the uh, purpose of of you know writing the Odyssey. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I, I noticed that he
0: survived, but you know because he's mentioned later, uh, I but think, I just didn't. I uh, think it
1: says you know he he needs to tell of this day. I, th- ah. I think that's what it was. Okay. so it, it does kind of say. Yeah, that, well, yeah. I mean it does yep. yeah, it doesn't say go write uh this 24 chaptered uh, novel of adventures. <laughs> but yeah, I I think uh, so yeah, in a in a way the yeah,
0: that's interesting. So the Bars, yeah. whoever was telling this story um gets to say yeah, I was I was there. Yeah, also
1: don't that particular
0: person <laughs> was not. It, it, yeah.
1: One of the things that um, I think also is interesting, um, especially about the ending, um, I. Uh, this is the Greek holy book. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the book where, amongst others, um, amongst the Iliad as well. But this book and the Iliad are basically uh, holy texts for the ancient Greeks. Right? They yeah. they treat yeah. them as models for behavior and you can see that stuff about the host guest relationship we've talked about many times sure. uh, being you know culminating in this this section but uh the the world they lived in was pretty damn harsh because if if you if you look at the way odysseus acts I wouldn't say it's justifiable in many cases. I would say, you know, sure, he's been wronged, but uh, these people have the option of getting the hell out. Um, I yeah, I yeah. maybe, maybe they would want to fight him. I think there's an argument to be made that, you know, he's just so smart, he would know that if, if he tried to let them go, they would be a problem later on for him. And yeah. in that sense, you know, it's justifiable. But,
0: yeah, and, and killing them is a problem for him later on too.
1: Well, yes, except for the Deus Ex Machina, right? Right, um, right. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. pissed off at him because he killed everybody. But uh, the God comes in and says, "You know, divine right of kings. He's your king." Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
1: so, in that way, the the morality is uh, it's it's how they saw things, right? Is if you got mm-hmm. the gods on your sides, you get to win because I used to, when I was talking about to my friends, as why they should read the odyssey. I thought it was really interesting to read it because it doesn't present, uh, uh, any vision of good or evil. It only presents, uh, sort of a vision of, of uh, piousness and impiousness or wisdom and, and folly. So Mm -hmm. it equates, you know, if you have got the gods on your sides, you're good, because you
0: yeah, and then you know, I guess it presents some um, some type of a morality or at least societal rules
1: yeah, to follow. It does. The host guest relationship yeah. is inviolate, right? You, but it's not all on one side. It's not all on the host side, and it's not all on, on the guest side. The guest has to know when to leave, and the host has to be generous. But they can't, you know, take advantage of it in either either way. You know, you can't yeah. keep a guest longer than you should. He sh- wants to stay, and the Mm -hmm. guest shouldn't want to stay longer than is appropriate, which is perhaps one night. And this this morality actually continues uh, in the Middle East, you know, in Iran, if you are visiting someone's house, even if they're not your friend. Before anything can be, you know, talked about at dinner, um, you've got to stay. It must be agreed that you're going to have a nice meal and stay the night. Hmm. And Even if this person is here, like you know, you're there to negotiate the end of a war or something like that. It's it's Mm, a standard um, policy, and if you don't accept that, you are actually acting improperly. And so, when uh, I've known lots of Iranian people, and when you talk to them, they don't talk the way uh, North Americans talk. They have a circuitous path to telling you the message they want to send you. And they they send all the same messages that we do, but it's not direct. It's very indirect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, uh, you're pissing me off now is a perfectly <laughs> a reasonable thing to say to someone. But mm-hmm. you wouldn't say it. They would do it in a circuitous manner. And if you're not skilled in picking up the signs, you're saying, that's an odd thing to say. I don't really get the point you're making. <laughs> and that just angers them more because you're not picking up on the signs, right, so um, the relationships between the characters is in this story is going to be well known to the readers, but for us looking at it, we like uh, one of the most perplexing things I think for you and I, I bet in this last section is why, he, even after he's won the island he he can't even trust his dad. He has to test his dad to see if his dad is
0: Yeah, well. that's right. And he lies to his dad about yeah. who he is again and just, yeah.
1: Like, why you he think he it's do
0: over that? and he's like, hey, dad, I'm home. But you no, know? it doesn't that way. Yeah.
1: Why, why must he do that all the time? Hmm. Um, well, I was thinking, you know, if this is the morality text, right, one of the things that uh, you're going to see is that the, the father is all important, right? The father hmm. is, in the, or even the son gets say over the mother, when Telemachus is in the room and the mother is saying something, Telemachus says, go to your room. And she goes. <laughs> yep. Because yep. The, the son, uh, at, at a certain age, is in charge of the mom. And <laughs> for us, we say, well, that's, that's inappropriate. Uh, treat your mother with some <laughs> respect. Well, it's actually about the father's always right. right? In this case, Odysseus is, is the king. He gets a certain leeway. With his, uh, uh, not certainly, he can question everybody, but nobody can question him, Mm -hmm. right? Right. He gets to determine whether you're loyal or not. You don't get to determine whether you can trust him or not. And if you go against that, you're, you're toast. Because Mm. I think the culmination of that is he kills 12 maidens in this chapter, yeah, this, yeah, uh, yeah. In the battle, in the, is it the end of the battle of the hall? Yeah, it's yeah,
0: yeah. It's in that chapter because in twenty three they're going to get Penelope. It's all over with.
1: Right. What, what did they do wrong exactly? They they s- spent some time with uh with the suitors. Well, aren't the suitors just the men of the island? You know, they're just young men. That's what young women and young men do is they spend time together. Mm. But he just kills them because. I, I was thinking the number he kills twelve of them. Well, there's twelve axe heads. I don't. I i was thinking maybe there's twelve suitors as well. I I don't know how many suitors there are, but
0: I don't. I don't know that that's said. It's many. A
1: dozen at least. I would.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At least.
1: So, it's like, what is the moral message we're supposed to be taking from this? You know, mm-hmm. Jesus figure. He doesn't say turn the other cheek, and uh, there's no turning the other cheek here. It's if you dare to spank my cheek, you're going to feel the...
0: <laughs> well, maybe the moral message, you know, with the suitors and everything is, is that host-guest relationship.
1: Yeah, and, and if you violate it, you're in deep. Mm-hmm. If you fail to live up to your end of the bargain, you're in deep, deep trouble. Right, right. and I, And that's why it is so cool. It's kind of like reading an alien textbook. You know, it doesn't it doesn't match our reality in a very strong way
0: yeah yeah true
1: that's so, so so unjustified in many ways mm-hmm. the actions especially in this in the end here I mean throughout the book he's sort of had uh, you know he, he just lies to everybody uh, but uh, that's his character right that's that's
0: yeah and, and not only does he lie but the the bard praises him for it all the time yeah it's like, the, you know, the, some of the titles that he gives Odysseus have to do with lying.
1: He's only yeah. equal to uh, intelligence to Zeus himself or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but uh, I think, you know, we could get carried away just saying, you know, why is it that this particular skill is praised? Well, I, I think if you read the uh, the Iliad, you know, everybody gets their due in that one. You know, every hero. And in fact, in the end of this, We get don't we get? uh, Is it Menelaus or who is it? Agamemnon as a ghost.
0: Yeah, yeah, and as a ghost, right, talking to one of them. And the the one isn't it Antinous? I think. uh, And then Antinous is in the afterlife, and Agamemnon says, "Hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. What happened to you? How'd you get here?" Yeah, and he says, "Well, this Penelope, man, she was terrible. She she led us on for, I don't know, how many years and then Odysseus showed up and killed us all." And then Agamemnon, instead of saying, "Oh, man, that's a heck of a story. Let's get you an ale or something." He says, that "Penelope's pretty great." <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. That is a that is an excellent wife right there.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah and that's the other thing, you know, is the marriage
0: theme. Yeah, and that's in book 23, I think that solidifies your thoughts on that marriage theme. Because the, yeah, but, but, the, the whole the, it, it is a little bit odd, you know, talk about odd behavior. You know, Odysseus goes up to Penelope's room and or actually he has Penelope brought to him, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's sitting there. She, comes,
1: um, she doesn't believe he's downstairs. Uh, I mean, yeah. that uh, you know, it, it's it's almost like we're having it both ways because she knows she knows it's him because she acts in it very kindly toward them. But uh, if if we have to decide, it, it tells us on the page she doesn't know, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she comes downstairs and she's still I don't know if this is really him or not, and she's just sitting there. They're both sitting there in silence. He's looking at the ground and she's looking at him. And um, eventually, that ice breaks. I forget what he says to break it. Um, and then, uh, well, I remember now. Yeah, it's the whole point of the chapter. She she says, "Well, uh, why don't we just move your bed out to the to this area, and you can sleep there tonight?" Mm, yeah, cause, and he's oh, like, uh, "You know that's that's crazy because <laughs> you're not going to move my bed. My bed's made of this." Giant thing, and it's all part of this rooted. Uh, you know, it's like a tree or something. It's built around a oak some kind oak of a, tree. yeah, yeah, an oak tree. The so house, that that there is, yeah, and it can't be moved. That marriage bed cannot be moved. <laughs> yeah, I like the the symbolism yeah. there, right? The marriage. Exactly, yeah, and that's huh. that solidifies what you were talking about in, in an earlier one right. about it being about marriage. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, and then um, once. Once he reveals that knowledge, then she says, okay, you're you. And then, um, and then it moves on to the end.
1: There's uh, the scene where uh, the, old, the old nurse goes upstairs. That, this is the same nurse that uh, Odysseus uh, chided when she, he showed her the scar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he says, hey, nurse, hey, do what I say or I'll chop your head off or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and she's like, oh, great. You're back. It's like, dude, you should be like a little more afraid of this guy. (laughs) Anyway, so this is right at the beginning of book 23. Uh, Penelope was not caught off her guard. My uh, was not caught off her guard. My dear nurse, she said, the gods have made you daft. It is as easy for them to rob the wisest of their wits as to make stupid people wise. And (laughs) now they've addled your brains, which used to be so sound. How dare you make sport of my distress by waking me when I had closed my eyes for a comfortable nap, only for you to tell me this nonsense? Never have I slept so soundly since Odysseus sailed away to that accursed place, and I I cannot bring myself to mention uh, that I cannot bring myself to mention. Off... With you now, and downstairs, and back into your quarters. If any of the other stuff, other maids have come and wakened me to l- listen to such stuff, I'd soon have packed her off to her own place with a box on the ears. <laughs> <laughs> you can thank your age for saving you from that. And this, is, no, it's true. He's, he's really he's downstairs. He's killed all the suitors. And, right. It's um, it it, it, it there's like a little comedy thing sort of happening. It. Right. Right. Yep. And she just won't believe it. Um, but then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after, after, is it, I think right after they meet and, uh, you know, say, um, uh, who are you? He goes off for a bath. Because <laughs> he's, all, he's all, <laughs> all covered in blood, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let's see what it says. Um, he came out from the bath looking like one of the everlasting gods. Then went and sat down and once more in the chair opposite his wife. What a strange creature, he exclaimed. Heaven made you as you are, but for sheer obstinacy, you put all the rest of your sex in the shade. No other wife could have steeled herself to keep so long long out of the arms of a husband she had just got back after nineteen years of misadventure. Well, nurse, make a bed for me to sleep on, alone in, for my wife's heart. Is just about as hard as iron, Penelope. <laughs> 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 you are too strange. I am not being haughty or indifferent. I am not even unduly surprised. But I have too clear a picture of you in my mind as you were when you sailed from Ithaca in your long oared ship. Come, Euryclea, make him a comfortable bed outside the bedroom that he built so well, and we place the big bed. And then, yeah, we get the scene about. It, how he made this whole bedroom around. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you think that like is it just a matter of uh, so that you can say the marriage bed cannot be uh, moved? Is that is
0: that, I think so. Yeah, it's um, it's sturdy. The roots are deep. Um, it's not something that can be changed.
1: Yeah, that that be yep. like I, I was thinking. Why would anyone build uh, their bed uh, their bed post? against a tree. Like, why would you do that? Only Uh, for the symbolic reasons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, let me tell you what I was, went through, you know, and (laughs) all this stuff. And this God, goddess wanted me to, you know, live forever with her, but uh, I picked you.
1: Does he, uh, I think he sort of passes over the, uh, uh, let's see, here it is. He described his arrival on the Isle of Ogigia, and his reception by the nymph Calypso, who had so much desire to marry him that she kept him in her cavern home and a pampered guest, tempted by the pr- promises of immortality and angel suits, but inwardly rebellious to the end. Finally, he came to his disastrous voyage to Shiri. So he did actually tell her about mm-hmm. that time he spent with...
0: Yeah, and I think he told her because he was saying, but I picked you.
1: Right. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I was offered immortality and everlasting youth, and, you know... Uh, two goddesses wanted to have sex with me all the time,
2: but mm. I you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, right? Okay, that put her in her place, you know?
0: Yep, <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then you know, after that moment, you know, where they talk to each other, you know, in bed after or whatever, then uh, he says, "Now nah, we still haven't reached the end, right? A dis- One more labor lies in store." Yeah, it says boundless, laden with danger, great and long.
1: <laughs> yeah. At the end of uh, book twenty-three, it says he right. has donned his splendid body armor. Woke up Telemachus, the cowman, and the swineherd. This is all the people who are left who are, <laughs> hasn't killed, right? The yes. Right. And the the cowman, um, <laughs> and told mm-hmm. them all to arm themselves with weapons. They carried out his orders and were soon equipped in bronze. Then they opened the doors and sallied out with Odysseus at their head. It was broad daylight mm-hmm. already, but Athena hid them in the darkness and soon had them clear of the town. Right. Though so It says, The prophet said that I must rove through the
0: towns on towns of men, that I must carry a well-planed oar until I come to a people who know nothing of the sea, whose food is never seasoned with salt, strangers all to ships with their crimson prows and long slim oars, Wings that make ships fly. And here is my sign, he told me, clear, so clear, I cannot miss it. And now I will share it with you now. When another traveler falls in with me and calls that weight across my shoulder, a fan to winnow grain, then, he told me, I must plant my oar in the earth and sacrifice fine beasts to the Lord God of the sea, Poseidon. A ram, a bull, and a ramping wild boar, then journey home and render noble offerings up to the deathless gods who rule the vaunting skies to all the gods in order.
1: Right. And at last,
0: my own death will steal upon me.
1: Um, There's a... It reminds me that uh, one of the things I discovered um, was that there's a modern sequel to to The Odyssey, which is kind of strange. Uh
2: Um,
1: And uh, in that one... Is it Odyssey and Zombies? Uh, it was written in the 20th century, no. Uh, it is written in 1938. It's an epic poem, and it mm-hmm. says in the, uh, the sequel, uh, Odysseus returns to Ithaca and decides to undertake new adventures after he quickly becomes unsatisfied with his quiet family life. First, he travels to Sparta to save Helen, the wife of the king of S- Sparta's Menelaus, whose abduction by Paris has led to the Trojan War. He goes to Crete, where he uh, he where a conspiracy dethrones the thing, the the king. There he abandons Helen and continues to Egypt, where again workers' uprising takes place. He leaves again on a journey to the Nile, eventually stopping at the lake source. Upon arrival, his companions set up camp, and he climbs the mountain in order to concentrate on his god. And it, this is interesting because I, I assume the god is Athena. It's, it mm-hmm. doesn't say yeah. Um, yeah. upon his return to the lake he sets up his city based on the commandments of his religion like what? <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> the city
1: is soon destroyed by an earthquake <laughs> Odysseus laments his failure to understand the true meaning of God with a, a small g with the sacrifice of his companions uh, he, tr- he his life transforms into that of an ascetic uh, Odysseus meets m- mother mother thirth an incarnation of Buddha and uh, an English captain soul alias Don Quixote
0: <laughs> and an
1: African village fisherman alias Jesus. He travels further south in Africa where constantly spreading his religion and fighting the advances of death. Eventually he travels to Antarctica and lives with villagers for a year until an iceberg kills him. <laughs> <laughs> death is glorious as it marks his rebirth and unification with the world. Uh, (laughs) It sounds very strange. Yeah, it does. But um, there is uh, something of a, you know, I mean, there's something of a craziness to the way Odysseus runs his life, right? He's basically getting himself into trouble a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And if uh, I, I think, yeah... There it is. It says Odysseus' name means trouble in Greek, and he does. I mean, he he causes the death of all those those guys by being uh, impious to the son of uh, Neptune, uh, the uh, Poseidon son, the um, Cyclops, uh, by you know spiting him uh, after after he's left. He says, you know. Who did this to you? Hey, it was me, Odysseus, huh? You guys hurt me, and <laughs> it's like, oh damn! Well, all those guys die as a result. I mean, sure, the first ten years, that was you know the, the Trojan War. That was his fault. He set up that he set up the bargain, uh, uh-huh. and with that caused all those soldiers to go to war in uh, Troy. Uh, okay, so so the Trojan War was his fault. Okay, we accept that. But then he kills all his soldiers on the way home. Okay, that's his fault too. Uh, comes home, uh, kills everybody except for two two uh, adult men and his son. Uh, and then twelve mates he even kills. It's it's like he is a damn troublemaker. It is a comedy you know, uh-huh. in the same way that um, uh, Voltaire's Candide is a comedy. You know, it's like. Uh, It's about a bunch of people who (laughs) think the world works a certain way, and they just act that way, and they think, oh, it's all all okay. But um, there's a a book that also really is interesting that is a parody of the Odyssey, and it's called True Story. It was written by Lucian of Samosata, who is a 2nd century uh, AD Greek-speaking Syrian Um, And it's a parody of the Odyssey uh, describing a journey beyond the pillars of Hercules and to the moon. (laughs) Um, It's actually considered uh, science fiction by many people, uh, as it includes things like um, space travel, uh, artificial atmosphere, liquid air, uh, and uh, sort of an alternative set of physical laws, but not, not like just, you know, ridiculous ones but actually logical but different um and it's it's a uh, it's about a uh looking at looking at history uh sorry looking at literature like the odyssey and trying to treat it as history like a lot of people do right they look at a piece of literature and they say oh this is literally true this literally happened there was a guy named odysseus he lived on this island uh, and this is actual history. All those words he said, those actually were said. Uh, mm-hmm. what about all those gods, dude? <laughs> well, they're true, too. Uh, well, he, he was saying that bullshit, uh, and here's the proof. Here's a story just like that. Um, the guys go to the moon, and yet um, we actually did go to the moon, right? And that's why some people still don't believe it.
0: <laughs> right, wow. So uh, we're- yeah, that's interesting. So at, at the end of this, at the end of this chapter, mm-hmm. uh, which is the part that you read already, mm-hmm. um, by now the daylight covered the land, but Pallas, shrouding them all in darkness, quickly led the four men out of town. So, are you saying, um, when you were reading that Wikipedia entry at the beginning of the podcast, were you saying that this is the point at which many people think that it was finished?
1: I, I would say right before that, I think.
0: Right before this, okay. I can find that point. Um, is it the whole idea? Well, no, I mean, Odysseus was told earlier that he would have to leave again, right? Right. So, it's not the fact that he had to leave again. That is in question no
1: I think I think the wrapping up and also the thing with the <coughs> it's a, uh, sort of a, a thread that n- needed to be capped I think that some people think it needed to be uh-huh. capped because we had talk of the father earlier and mm-hmm. yet uh, the natural ending seems to be uh, the reuniting with his wife rather than this stuff in hell and, or Hades and the the um, the dealing with the, the fallout of killing everybody on the island.
0: Yeah, and I <clears throat> I think you're probably right there, too. But then the... You know, we know he's going to leave again, so that does leave kind of a thing hanging out there, or a thread that would need to be completed. It was there- and, and that last chapter is interesting, because it is kind of a shift gears, and it's kind of two things in one chapter. Yeah, it is. You have that thing in Hell... And then you have the uh, or the afterlife. I say hell, but the afterlife. And then um, the beginning of a battle that Athena stops. Just yells, "Stop! You guys are going to stop fighting." Now.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah.
0: Well, that makes you know Stephen King's End of the Stand seem inspired <laughs>
1: now,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah, at the end of the stand. Um, after, well, you know, after so many things have happened, um, God steps in.
1: Yeah, that's a deus ex machina. Right. There's a, um, the thing is, is we don't find it satisfying. Um,
0: well, in that book, I found it satisfying. Well, but that... So, simply because, you know, God was in there so throughout
1: he, the whole thing. The, thi- the thing, though, <coughs> in that, yeah, is that it was set up to be that way, right? I mean... Mm-hmm. The, the whole in my opinion, in my opinion, it was. A lot of people would differ with you know, that. No, God was present all all throughout the story. Right? It just exactly. he wasn't making yep. his voice heard. Um, uh, and that's typical of Stephen King. He's not going to. Uh, uh, he, he that's that thread is in there. It's not like he was saying, "I can't find a way to end this book." He knew. Uh, well, at least, in some point during the writing, he made sure that everybody was saying, "You know, this is uh, good versus evil. This is the end of the world in a rapturous kind of way, right?" Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, but in this case, um, the solution is not satisfactory to to our ears, I would say, because because it's not fair.
0: <laughs> uh, well, it, it it kind of is, you know. When I, I when I thought about it, when when that happened, you know, at first I was like, "Oh, that's interesting," but then, you know, it's abrupt, right? No, no question, it's abrupt. But how does a war of vengeance stop ever? In real
1: life, that's right. How does it? Stop you know, in real life. Yeah.
0: How does it stop? It's almost wishful thinking to think that a god could come just stop this whole. Palestinian Israeli thing for example mm-hmm. um, for because if uh, Odysseus got killed by these suitors' relatives now you've got Odysseus' family is wanting to go to war with these other guys um, you know it, it'll never stop yeah. it'll never stop so having Athena step in And saying, no, you know, maybe it would would inspire somebody to stop. (laughs) Well, I don't know. That was my thought. I would
1: say, you know, think about how, you know, at the end of a book, and then what happened? (laughs) Uh Right? He said, wouldn't those guys be really upset about all those people being killed? And he said, oh, Uh, no, no, God stepped in, said it was, don't fight. And, you know, the gods, they (laughs) got to do what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a, um, I mean, how does, how does the, uh, the, how does Poseidon get his, his revenge? He does
0: I don't know that he, I don't know that he, he, he ever does. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He,
1: he, but, you know, I was
0: always questioning why he was so upset. Well, he killed, the, well, he killed, early, he killed early on, yeah. He did, right. That's true. That's true. I'd forgotten that point.
1: Yeah. Paul, Paul um, Femus was,
0: which is why, yeah, this is why this whole thing's happened in the first place. But the, uh, but yeah, I mean, was he just wanting Odysseus to, to die? And if so, why didn't he just kill him?
1: Uh, well, um, he, we never see Poseidon on stage. Right, right. right.
0: We so never we hear him. Yeah, and, we
1: can't hear it? his argument. But we do know that his son calls to him, and we are told by other gods that this is the reason that this is happening. So mm-hmm. we can't speak for exactly what Poseidon think. He's probably still mad. <laughs> but when he got <laughs> one god against another god, you know that that at least is uh, you know out of the out of human hands. We we can't
2: uh-huh.
1: we can't expect a perfect explanation because they're gods. You know they got they got yeah. business to do. But yeah, he doesn't.
0: Yeah, I, I recall a section in which Zeus and Athena were talking. And when they finally decided to help out Odysseus, they did talk about Poseidon a little bit in there, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And I forget exactly what they said, but it was almost, you know, my memory may be wrong, but it was almost, uh, let's distract Poseidon while we do this.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if Zeus was 100% on board with distracting him as much as he yeah. so it, it wasn't...
0: Yeah. It wasn't a reasonable argument with Poseidon and then Poseidon giving up and saying, okay, you guys can do that. No. It, it was, uh, let's do this behind his back. Right. but I, So, yeah, I, Poseidon is gets, potentially pretty pretty angry still.
1: When, once he gets to Ithaca, basically the war with Poseidon is is uh, no longer of, of concern. Uh, mm. Although he's, like, I guess he could earthquake the island to that. Um, he's no longer in control of the, the sea and the winds that will... Uh, push Odysseus anywhere but where he wants to go. and he, I, I guess he was punished. Right? He was punished for 19 years. Uh, but in in the end of the book, we get an, uh, a, a literal deus ex machina. It says in my text, if it can stop this disastrous fight and separate it once before more blood is shed. Uh, but Athena is sort of absent in, in the previous chapter where well no maybe she's not. Is there a scene where she shows up in the middle of the fight? Yeah. Mentor no that's mentor. This is that's in this chapter. She she mm-hmm. comes around as mentor again. Who you know mentor is the character who wasn't in the book. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He he's a dude that everybody knows on this island, right? But who is not been actually present. So where is mentor? <laughs> in real life, he's probably stuck on his own island somewhere. Help me! <laughs>
2: <Maybe so. laughs> How do I get out of here?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot of comedy to be mined in, you know, Mentor showing mm-hmm. up while Athena's there dressed as Mentor.
0: <laughs> poor Mentor. Yeah, poor
1: Mentor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, um, I, I, I wanted to reiterate, you know, we're going to be doing the uh, the... Norwegian version of this book soon.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes,
1: uh, so Beowulf. Sort of, yeah. Um, yeah. and it has the very similar scene of the great hall and the big fight. Right. Um, but uh, my memories of Beowulf are mostly from the movie, um, mm-hmm. which I have not seen. I really like. I really liked it. I yeah.
0: You know, I better. T- I'll, I'll watch it after I read it. Yeah.
1: Um, it, it takes a little bit getting used to the um, the animation style, but. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the way. Just, it's got a really interesting story, and um, I think it. Not being an expert on Beowulf, but I think it. It shows the very different kind of morality. Again, from what we see in this book, is very different from our modern day way of looking at the world. In that one, um, you know, we've got a hero just like we've got Odysseus. We've got Beowulf, and Beowulf is a you know, he's tough, but he's not smart. <laughs> he's not wise, he's tough, and he's a braggart. But being a tough braggart is actually, you know, the skill you want to have. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a Viking, <laughs> you want to be uh, a tough braggart. You want people to be afraid of you. And to, you know, you're, you'll are you be fearful of magic, but you won't be... Uh, you know, there's no gods hanging out with you. They're, the gods are more indifferent and aloof and likely to be inspired. You know, they'll they'll, uh, they'll be happy that you're good at fighting, but they're not going to, you know, come down and make you look taller. And all the things that sort of the Greek gods seem to do, take sides in the same way. They're much more melancholy, hmm. like, like the people. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. So... Uh, but it has that same scene in a hall with the doors locked right and everybody's getting killed um, but it it has happens in a double way because the the men who are killed uh in one case are being killed by a monster in another case uh the monster's being killed by a man whereas in the odyssey uh who's the monster in that hall sure there's uh, these sort of um braggarty uh, suitors, but they're not mm-hmm. they're not monstrous, they're just braggarts I, I mean, I don't see them really do anything really mean yet huh. they really do get their uh, he doesn't—he locks the doors and prevents them from, from running away
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: pretty extreme
0: yeah, it sounds like it
1: no, I'm talking yeah, about the Odyssey
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about, okay, so you, there's a similar scene in Beowulf
1: yeah, yeah, there's a the locking of the doors and the 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 monster comes in but in in the odyssey our main character is the hero but he's also the villain i think
0: yeah that's an interesting viewpoint because yeah that that chapter for sure yeah no mercy in that guy
1: he's totally merciless and yeah. and and he he seems almost unreflective in the in the uh, way he gets to question everybody, but nobody can question him. Mm-hmm. He, he gets yeah. to lie to everybody, but nobody dare lie to him.
0: This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.